The Chargers have introduced two new up-and-coming stars in their offensive coordinator search and both have a legitimate case for the job. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. And today we're talking about another couple of exciting offensive coordinator candidates. The Chargers have reached out to try and interview Bills quarterback coach Joe Brady and also Thomas Brown from the Rams, another Rams assistant getting an interview. So we're going to talk about Joe Brady working with some great quarterbacks like Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, Drew Brees as well, but also talk about why his stint as an offensive coordinator is probably a little bit different than Joe Lombardi because both of them got fired in basically a season and a half and things were definitely a dumpster fire in Carolina. So we'll talk about that and also some red flags that maybe came from his offensive coordinatorship with that team. And then talk about Thomas Brown, who relationship wise wanted to run the football with everything Tom Telesco and Brand Staley have said, it seems like their visions match up there, but there's also, I think some things that would hold you back from necessarily just going with him right after the interview as well. But today's episode of lockdown charges presented by prize picks prize picks is daily fantasy made easy pick two to six players if they score more or less than their prize picks projections you can win now up to 25 times your money on your entry first time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match with the promo code locked on that's pricepicks.com promo code locked on david we have now heard reports that the chargers are trying to or at least have requested permission to interview bills quarterbacks coach joe brady a really up-and-coming name especially a couple of years ago a bunch of head coaching interviews and things like that according to mike Rock. Garofalo, the Chargers have requested him, but so have some other teams as well. And it's unclear whether he's going to accept it. But this is a very interesting name for sure in the cycle. Yeah, this is a name I think that a lot of people are very curious about just because of all of the things surrounding Joe Brady, this hot, young, offensive mind coming from college, winning a national championship and working with some really good players um, so far uh, with his tenure being a coach. A lot of really interesting players. And I think the first thing you have to do is go back and look at what did he do last year? So he went to the Bills last year as their quarterback coach because Brian Dable got a job with the Giants. Ken Dorsey, their quarterback's coach, coach from before, moved up to be offensive coordinator. And then Joe Brady slided into his slot. And I mean, if you're just looking at taking someone from an offense, even though it was only one year in that offense, the Bills are not a bad place to start, right? A very, very exciting offense, a very explosive offense. The Bills seventh in explosive plays in 2022. 51 passing plays of 20 plus yards, but 62 rushing plays of 20 or 10 plus yards. And I thought that was interesting. More explosive plays in the running game, which is a big focus for the Chargers, obviously. But turnovers and specifically red zone turnovers killed them. But there was a lot of places where they were really good. I mean, they were ninth in red zone touchdown percentage, first and third down percentage, and fourth in points per play. That is the type of offense that you're looking for. You want a more explosive offense from Justin Herbert, and he's coming from that at the very least. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, hey, his av- Josh Allen's average depth of target was 10.2. 
that is unreal, especially when you consider Justin Herbert's, which was sitting around 6.7 to 7, you know, in, in the first couple of years he's been in the league. That's what you envision for Justin Herbert. That's the type of arm that he has. You expect that. You expect him to be really dissecting and attacking the intermediate and deep parts of the field. That's exactly what Josh Allen has done under the tutelage of Joe Brady and Ken Dorsey. If you look at that wild card weekend and you look at just, you know, where it's showing where these quarterbacks are throwing to on a kind of virtual field to see the depth of it. I mean, it's pretty wild to look at where Justin Herbert's was in that disappointing loss yep. to where Josh Allen's was when they won in the first weekend. I mean, they even maybe too often are throwing it deep down the field and not taking enough of the short stuff. But like even right. if you could meet somewhere in between what Joe Lombardi's offense was and what they were running in Buffalo this year, I think you'd happily take that, especially because they were a pretty balanced team. I mean, they yeah. were 16th in the NFL in rushing attempts. And when they did run the ball, they did it effectively. Third and average yards per carry, eighth in yards per game coming from the Chargers, who were, you know, 28th or worse in all of those categories. Just bad. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was just really, really bad. And I think a lot of people have been like, well, Josh Allen was worse in 2022 when this guy took over. And I think that's, you know, legitimate if there had been some regression there. I mean, turnovers are always going to be something with Josh Allen. It's amazing that they've gotten him to limit it, you know, in some of his better seasons. But that has always been one of the bigger concerns about him. I'm not as concerned about that with Justin Herbert, who's extremely careful with the football, even if the interception numbers might tell you differently. ton of tip passes and things like that. But when I look at the stats, David, I mean, he wasn't much different at all between 2021 and 2022. I'm about to say, where's the regression at? I mean, the numbers are almost like eerily identical yeah. 63.3 completion percentage both seasons over 44,000 passing yards over 35 touchdowns 14 interceptions and 15 interceptions and then the rushing numbers just even just even scarier 763 rushing yards in 2021 762 rushing yards in 2022. Well, so, that's great, too, because that's a big part of it, right? Getting Justin yeah. Herbert to run the football is important. I mean, 7.8 attempts by Josh Allen in 2022, yeah. 7.2 last year. So they ran it with him more this year than they did last year in a little less efficiently. But that has to be an attractive thing for, you know, wanting Justin Herbert to use his athleticism more. And he has that skill set. He has that ability to run the football. And I feel like that's something that should be incorporated a little bit more. And again, I understand why it wasn't really utilized a lot last year. Yeah. Obviously, anybody who has injured ribs, you're not going to want to throw him out there to get him battered like a pinball. That's not the ideal situation. It wasn't much better either, though, in 2021, no. right? So that's the no. other thing. But he can do it, and I, yeah. he did it a lot in college. So why aren't we incorporating a little bit more of that? Maybe Joe Brady is somebody who can come in and unlock a little bit more of Justin Herbert as the rusher because I think we all know that he has that element to his game that really hasn't been utilized very much in his pro career. And in his college career, the biggest game he probably played was the Rose Bowl against yeah. Wisconsin, where he, you know, wasn't throwing the ball as well as he had seen him throw the ball. Right. And instead he started using his legs and did it in a different way and scored three rushing touchdowns. I'm not him going up. for yeah. four, you know, quarterback draws a game. He's not going to be Josh Allen. No. You don't want him taking the beating that Josh Allen takes. And Josh Allen also played this season with a hurt elbow, right? And still sure. put up those crazy numbers and also played one less game and almost yeah. had as many touchdowns, right? Yeah. I think that this is a very appealing thing from the aspect of, you know, Josh Allen didn't take a step back at all, really, when you look at it this no. year with Joe Brady taking over. And Ken Dorsey gets the most of the credit, and yeah, it's hard to kind of differentiate what each of those guys are doing. But I think the big thing here is this guy has worked with a lot of great quarterbacks, or a few of them at the very least, and I think sure. that has to be super attractive, right? He was the Saints offensive assistant in 2017, 2018. 
I know Joe Lombardi, that might scare some people because he did, you know, similar things was with the Saints a long time. But those were really the last best years of Breeze where he could still push it a little bit down. the. But I think that's important, though, too, though, to have that connection, because obviously the offense that Justin Herbert has been running has a lot of that Saints connection. So you want to have somebody who can translate that language a little bit easier. And Joe, uh, Joe Brady has some of that, you know, that knowledge. So I think that's important. I think it could help the transition for sure. Yeah. LSU passing game coordinator and wide receivers coach for Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Panthers yeah. offensive coordinator, that wasn't good in 2020, 2021. Buffalo Bills quarterback coach last year working with Josh Allen, working with Stephon Diggs and those guys. But being able to say you've worked with Drew Brees and Joe Burrow and Josh Allen, like those are very different guys. You've seen it happen a lot of different ways, and you have to hope maybe he's taking a little bit from each. Well, he's trying to, you know, get the Infinity Stones, right? He's trying to be Thanos. He's trying to collect all the good quarterbacks to yeah, yeah, play, Justin to Herbert coach that with, list. No, right? No. He's trying to add Justin Herbert to to the list of Infinity Stone quarterbacks that he gets to uh, he gets to coach up. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, th- that is a lot of really high quality experience. Not a lot of experience, but I think it's good quality experience dealing with guys that have a track record of immense success, not only at the collegiate level but at the pro level as well. In the Joe Burrow in the LSU offense, probably the best college offense I've ever, ever seen. Yeah. But Josh Allen's good and was good already. Joe Burrow sure. is very good. Made a big, big jump with Joe Brady as oh, opposed yeah. to what he had done the season before. It's hard to know how much he helped because those are really great quarterbacks, especially Drew Brees, who had already done it for a long time. Oh, yeah. And there are some red flags as well that we're going to get into that, you know, make maybe make you take a second thought about it. It's hard to totally blame the Panther situation, though, because that was – a real storm of bad things. It, it went really bad, and Matt Rule has a lot of the blame for that as well. And we're going to get into that. But first, I need to tell you guys that today's episode is brought to you by our new favorite sponsor, FanDuel. I'm very, very excited about FanDuel because, I mean, hey, who doesn't love using FanDuel and being able to get more on the action of the games that you're watching? And the NFL players are, are playoffs are here now, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because the number one sports book in America is FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. If you're looking for games this week and it's interesting, the Chiefs are now only a one-point underdog against the Bengals after starting the week off as one-and-a-half-point underdogs. Probably Patrick Mahomes' ankle has a lot to do with that, but that one's going to be really, really interesting. But FanDuel also has all of your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to play your props, which I love. And the game changer is the same game parlay, where you can go with different props from the same game and, you know, double, triple, quadruple your money in one game instead of having to do it all on separate games on an app that's safe, secure, and easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get a $150 in free bet credit with FanDuel. Win or lose at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment matter with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. David, there's a lot to like, I think, with Joe Brady. I mean, he would definitely be someone I would consider at least be putting my due diligence in if I'm the Chargers with Justin Herbert and finding who's going to take over this offense for a lot of reasons. But I think the biggest hang-up is people think like this. Joe Lombardi and him were almost in the identical situations as far as they had a shot at as an offensive coordinator, it went terribly, and they both got fired in under two seasons. I mean, I think Joe Lombardi's is worse for a few different reasons, and it's different for a few different reasons. And I think they came into very different situations. Joe Lombardi comes in with Matthew Stafford, Calvin Johnson, Golden Tate, Eric Ebron, some legitimate weapons, and you yes. know a really solid head coach in Jim yeah, Caldwell. Very respected, yeah, very respected, and underperformed with those guys, right? When you look at the Panthers, 
these are the things that Joe Brady had working against him. At least, you know, and we'll talk about some of the things that were definitely, you know, at least partially his fault as well. But sure. he only got Christian McCaffrey for 10 games over his two years. Yeah, 158 carries between the two seasons. That's yeah, it. I mean, never really had a guy that would be, you know, one of your best weapons or definitely their best weapon for sure. Huge difference maker. And then there's the quarterbacks, right? And that's oh, the yeah. thing where it's like, when Joe Brady has been around good quarterbacks, those good quarterbacks have been great. Drew yeah. Brees was great when he was there, you know, and he was just an offensive assistant. Sure. But passing game specialist for LSU, Joe Burrow is great. He's with Josh Allen. Josh Allen continues to be great. Yep. In Carolina, he had Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, and Cam Newton. And I think that's one of those things where it's like, ah, that makes it very hard to kind and of And not good Cam Newton. Let's let's no. be real here. Not good, Cam. Yeah, the the quarterbacks that he the got to play with. Carolina stint for Cam. Yeah, yeah, not not good. And and I think you know they they were you know and I think this is being very very generous. They they were very mid. Uh, okay, yeah. the, bo- both of those quarterbacks, you know where they're at. They never really had any kind of consistent success in the NFL. And you know it's hard to play quarterback in that system, especially also Daniel when you have a really really bad offensive line that was in front of you so a lot of detractors a lot of things that was really working against joe brady there yeah and i think the other thing too is and we read a lot just about how everything happened there and he kind of tried to get the background of why he was fired and things like that and it wasn't something reportedly that sat well with the panthers players that is something that came out afterwards just you know they weren't happy about it and the way it happened david an article from the athletic from joe person basically matt roll took the week off during the bye week and let Joe Brady go in and, and give Cam Newton extra coaching and stay there at the facilities during and bye week instead of going home, you know, and being with his family and things like that. And then fired Joe Brady the next week as they're getting ready to play their next team while he was, you know, doing whatever he was dur- doing during that time instead of, you know, doing it right as the bye week hits so he knows instead of kind of stringing him along. Either way, I mean, it was a bad situation there all around and Matt Rule wasn't long by- Behind him, I'm surprised he didn't get fired immediately after that season. Was oh, yeah. A, an upset. What I was impressed by, though, is at least the wide receivers, even with subpar quarterback play in 2020 when Joe Brady was there, still found a way to be successful. And he is a wide receivers coach as well and a former wide receiver in college. And those guys, even with Teddy Bridgewater, DJ Moore put up 1,193 yards. Robbie Anderson, 1,096 yards. Curtis Samuel, 851 yards and another 200 rushing yards. That's, That's three, really you know, 1,000-yard receivers, you know, yeah. total yards between those three guys and doing it, you know, with no Christian McCaffrey really at all that season. That's pretty impressive. I think there are still some good things you can take away, but there's still going to be some bad things as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, that Matt Rule regime was horrible. That that entire situation was really, really bad. And for for him to to kind of use Joe Brady and then fire him after he was going to come back, I think that's a really shady move. I don't think anybody should be doing business that way. And I think that's just one of the many examples of why that entire administration did not work. And it was definitely one that had to go. But I think one of the underlying issues of why they said that they fired Joe Brady was that Matt rule wanted to be a little more committed to the running game, Daniel, and he wanted to run more 30 to 35 times per game. And that did not happen. I mean, when, you know, when, when they were firing Joe Brady, they had only 16 carries in that last game before they parted ways with him. And so that commitment never really translated. Yeah. And I mean, it's tough when you don't have your best running back, obviously, but that wasn't their specialty at all. And neither unit was really good. 
And game flow has a lot to do with it, and game script has a lot to do with it, too. If you get down 14 nothing early because your quarterback throws two interceptions, yeah, hard to run. it's going to be a lot harder to just run the ball and lean on people and wear people out like Matt Rule wanted to do. And that just was something that, you know, definitely worked against him. And, you know, th- this is where they were bad. These were the concerns. This is why he ended up getting fired. 24th and third down conversion percentage in 2020, 29th in 2021. And that's obviously not all him because after they fired him that season, they went 0-5, so things yep. didn't get any better after they let them go. But they were Not also 28th in red zone touchdown percentage in 2020, 25th in 2021. Those are all really bad. All of those things are really hard to do when you don't have your best running back and you don't have a quarterback, which he didn't yep. have in any of those seasons, right? But, yeah, getting away from the running game, I think, is a concern because that is something the Chargers have been so gung-ho about. But this is really, I think, what – I mean, one of the things that got taken out away from that was his former quarterback with the Saints, and then he brought him in with the Panthers. Teddy Bridgewater on a podcast saying, hey, you know, one of the things that really hurt us and one of the reasons we weren't very good is because Joe Brady wasn't having us do two-minute drills in red zone drills at practice and that he should be able to do that for their growth. That's obviously not something you want to hear. Hard to imagine that would happen, though, with the Chargers. Yeah, that's not happening under Brandon Staley because we all we know him is – you know, he's a guy that's emphasized that a lot. He's a guy that, that said that that's very important. That, that is something they work on, something we saw them work on a lot when we saw them at spring training uh, or not spring training, but uh, um, in training camp. you know, training camp. Yeah, they did that a lot. So I'll, I think that's that partially Joe Brady's fault, but I think that's more the head coach's responsibility. And I, I think that's something that Brandon Staley does very well is map out and, and is very, very detail oriented. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge practices. part of their practice schedule. So I don't think that would be something that is much of a concern as some of the other things that we did hear uh, that are detractors that are maybe a little more concerning. This is the most damning thing from the athletics. Joe person who covers now them and has for a long time. By all accounts, Brady is a smart, hardworking coach. If we stop there, it'd be great. But he seemed overmatched on game days from his inability to make effective halftime adjustments to poor game management. The Vikings example cited by Bridgewater was them, you know, having poor management in a game where Tim, that's what Teddy Bridgewater was basically talking trash about, was far from the only time the Panthers seemed to be struggling to to decide on a play while Robbie Anderson was livid when Brady didn't start running double moves when the Eagles defensive backs were sitting on routes in a week five loss this season, and that season was 2021. That is more concerning. The other thing was they were a very bad third quarter offense as well. That's very, very concerning. You have to hope he's grown. Is it going to look more like the Carolina offense? Is it going to look more like the Buffalo offense? You don't want to see more third quarter struggles. You don't want to hear that this guy is struggling to decide which plays to call. But a lot of those things, you know, it's so hard to differentiate when Sam Darnold is your quarterback, right? And yeah, what is the right play to run when you have Sam Darnold who could throw a pick six or could throw for a first down? You don't know. Either way, you can't totally put it all on Matt Rule. You can't totally take the blame away from Joe Brady, and those are the red flags. There's not going to be a perfect, you know, example of a coordinator, you know, that's going to come in or a candidate for that position that's going to come with no flaws. And no he one's definitely perfect. has his. But he does have experience as a play caller, so that's a check, right? Comes from yeah. an explosive offense that gets chunk plays, that's yep. a check. He's worked with really good quarterbacks and has never made those quarterbacks worse, seemingly, which I think is a huge check as well. Yeah. But there is some downside to it as well, and he has to prove that he's ready for this job. And the last time he got a job, he probably took a bad job, and he wasn't ready at that point. But so that's a learning experience. To... That's a learning totally. experience for him. In the and last hopefully... year and a half, has he been able to you know, make that ground up, I guess? 
that's exactly what I was going to yeah. say is hopefully he can take the experiences from all the different places that he's been, all the stops and learn from those mistakes and get better. That's what we do as humans. You know, anytime that we're going to improve in our jobs, we learn from those mistakes and we get better and we come become better at our jobs. So hopefully he did that as well. And the Chargers have a, a cast of wide net. He's just one of a lot of guys. I mean, he yeah. definitely is an interesting option for sure. So is Thomas Brown, who is another up-and-coming star who's coming through the Rams organization. And there's one thing for sure about him. He should be committed to the run. If you're listening to kind of what he's been saying and what he's known for as a former NFL and college running back, we're going to get to that. But today's episode is also brought to you guys by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is my favorite daily fantasy app. And the best part about it is it's just you versus the Prize Picks projections. You go on there, you find the projections and the matchups that you like, and that's where you win, right? That's how you find the best things, the best matchups for yourself. And all you have to do is pick two to six players. And if they score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can now win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Before, you can win up to 10 times, two to five players. Now you can win up to 25 times your money on your entry. And they have really, really cool entries that you can make too. I mean, you can go on there and select and make entries for more or less than on the passing yards between Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. Can they go over 465 passing yards in this upcoming game where you could even do it with Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy. There's a lot of good ones, but if you don't want to make those selections on football right now, I understand it. And the great news is you can all, you can also go PGA college football, men's college, basketball, women's college, basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, whatever you're looking for, you can make your selections on prize picks and entries can be made so easily in 60 seconds or less. I can't tell you how many entries I've made last second. It is very, very quick. And first time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. All you have to do is go download the prize picks app and go to prizepicks.com or go to prizepicks.com and sign up and play daily fantasy sports. If you deposit $100, they'll give you $100. If you deposit $50, you will get 50. So don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Thomas Brown, who I called, I think Thomas Jones yesterday mixed up my former NFL running backs is another man who is in the mix for the chargers offensive coordinator job. And I think the biggest thing is, is you're getting a former running back and that comes with some pros and cons because yes, sure. the chargers want to improve the running game, but they also want to make sure Justin Herbert is developing and going in the right direction as well. One thing that would help that having a good running game. Yeah. This guy is an interesting history, David. I mean, he's a guy who's been around for a little bit now at the collegiate and pro level and has had a lot of different positions in three seasons with the Rams. Sean McVay has very high things to say about him. He's definitely another interesting prospect of the Chargers want to go this way. And it seems like they're willing to take a Rams guy because this is the third Rams guy that they're going to interview. Yeah, they're definitely fishing in that pond for sure. <laughs> they're trying to see how many different offensive minds from under that McVay when tree. Some that people are saying, hey, catch. maybe some of these guys are coming in to potentially come with whoever of these three guys that we've seen so far get hired. Can these other guys follow them? Is that kind of a job interview in that sense as well? And, that and, that's, and that's definitely possible because, hey, offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach both got fired so both those positions are vacant and whatever other arbitrary titles that they're they're going to make <laughs> underneath them but i think that you know just listening to you know thomas brown you know reading about thomas brown here from the athletic it seems like him and uh, you know, Brandon Staley have very sim similar philosophies on building relationships and values. One, yeah. Yeah. One of the excerpts here is I learned how to, I would say, read people's spirits, how they move. I'm going to be able to engage with you in a productive manner in a world I live in from a football standpoint. It's supposed to be all about communication and connection. 
What does that sound like? That sounds yeah. like Brandon Staley talking right now. Those you know, guys that have that same kind of mentality, that same type of approach, kind of have that same mindset on how they want to build a team. And the disciples from Sean McVay have all been really successful. I mean, yeah. four Sean McVay disciples are head coaches now. Brandon Staley, Matt LaFleur, Kevin O'Connell, and Zach Taylor. Yep. Three of those coaches were in the playoffs, and the other one was Matt LaFleur, who's had a few 13-3 and three seasons, you know, in NFC Championship games that he's already gone to. So yep. taking from this tree historically has been a good thing for at least head coaches. But if you're looking at just where he's coming from, he's definitely still green. It's nice that he has play calling experience. He was the University of Miami's offensive coordinator from 2016 to 2018 under Mark Rick. And called plays there, which is a big deal. He's yeah. owned an offense. He's run an offense, which is great. And then with the Rams in 2020, running backs coach, 2021, they gave him the assistant head coach role and running backs coach, which, I mean, obviously you're trying to keep this guy around. You're giving him new titles. You're making him more involved in the offense. And in 2022, he was made assistant head coach and tight ends coach. But they did pass on him as their offensive coordinator. They ended up bringing someone else in for that job instead of hiring or promoting him from within, which is hard to say how much of that. But Sean McVay did say specifically that one of the reasons they made him the tight ends coach was to get him more involved in the Rams passing game. And that's something and that wasn't much to write home about in 2022 with the Rams. But this is a guy that is coming up under Sean McVay, who Brandon Staley obviously respects. And every season he's going up and moving into a different position. So he's definitely a rising star in a pool of guys and coaches that everyone around the league is really trying to get at. Yeah. And I mean, hey, like I said, like you said, a lot of success there with the, you know, with that tree, with getting guys from that tree. And it seems like he has a good head on his shoulders. One of the things that kind of gives me a little bit of pause uh, about Thomas Brown is his uh, his. Uh, his offensive philosophy here something i'm a little bit you know kind of scared of when i read it but you know this is kind of what his philosophy is it requires egoless play calling the the coach or coordinator must be willing to pick and pick away at the defense and little pieces with a ball control run game and select the most efficient moments to pass that sounds exactly like a running back to me um and also i don't know if that's the type of offense that i want justin herbert to be running because it sounds pretty familiar from the offense that we just saw and it was someone that was an offense that was really kind of putting shackles on Justin Herbert's uh, ability and potential and you know I understand you know the application for that to be successful in in certain places but I don't know if that's the offense I want to see the Chargers run with Justin Herbert and just because he's saying incremental gains doesn't mean it means in the passing game, right? I think it means also a lot more running the football to go up against these two high safety looks, which is what he was talking about, trying yeah. to keep up with the modern defenses. How do you attack these two high safety looks when the explosive plays are much harder to come by, which is what teams do to Justin Herbert to try to limit the big plays. And that is something that's, you know, a new evolution to it. But this is also the other thing. What Jordan Rodriguez said in her article for The Athletic, which is great. If you want to learn more about Thomas Brown, that's a great place to start before this season. She did a deep dive on him. The coordinator who wants to beat this defense must operate counter to the convention and comfort of the modern explosive passing game and commit to the incremental games without fear or hesitation. I don't know if I want to go away from the modern explosive passing game a lot. Exactly. Right. I mean, that's something. But this is also what she had to say. And this is why he's so respected and gets this. I mean, first of all, he's already had a head coaching interview. So that's pretty impressive because yeah, when he got it, he was only a running backs coach. So that is pretty nuts. Right. And then only been in the NFL for two seasons at that point. This is what she said. Everybody who meets Brown believes he'll be a head coach someday. Often and unprompted, they add that when he does get an opportunity, 
they'll be there for a decade or longer. And that is kind of what this is. The Chargers are trying to get on the the ground floor of an up-and-coming coach who's really, really rising through the ranks fast. And Brandon Steely has talked about that for better or for worse, right? Maybe not everyone is Brandon Steely, and maybe Brandon Steely is a good thing. Maybe it's not. Still kind of the jury is out on that. Definitely. He's a winning coach over the first two seasons, but there's obviously a lot of questions behind that. But this guy, this would be them kind of trying to beat the curve, trying to get this guy before he, you know, gets a better title and starts ending, you know, getting more of these opportunities. At the same time, are you going to trust a former running back, a guy who's never coached higher than a tight ends coach, right? Never been a quarterback's coach or an offensive coordinator, at least in the NFL level, with your star quarterback, Justin Herbert. And as much as you want to run the ball and be better at that, that is still a big task to task this guy with being able to shape the development of your up and coming superstar. Yes. And, and that's, that's why this is the, you know, with this particular candidate here, it's hard to just envision him being the right candidate just without understanding what he's bringing to the table from an, a passing perspective, because when you have Justin Herbert, that is going to be part of the equation. And, and I think Tom Telesco has already said that, you know, they want balance, but they're never going to be a truly balanced team. When you've, Whenever you have Justin Herbert and these wide receivers, it is going to be more of a 60-40 split pass to run, and that's kind of more of where they want to be at. And, you know, when you have that type of offensive firepower, you want to try to expose that and, and utilize that and exploit that. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. A lot of candidates coming through. I'm excited that the fact uh, of the fact that the Chargers are casting this wide net. They are talking to a lot of different candidates. They're taking their time and we're trying to, you know, trying to figure out the best person to lead this Chargers offense into the future. And it's such a huge job and, and it's such a coveted job, such a good opportunity for someone because it only takes one good season and then you are someone's head coach. Yeah. No doubt about it. Just like Shane Steichen will probably end up being someone's head coach this year because of what they've done with Jalen Hurts and just being a part of that team. You stand next to Justin Herbert, your future is bright. On the flip side, Brain Staley could be, you know, only on the job for one more year. So how to do these candidates kind of weigh that when they're getting interviews from not just the Chargers but some other teams as well and you still have to mix in all of the other guys the Chargers could be trying to interview that are still in the playoffs obviously they couldn't ask for Joe Brady until now now the Bills are out of the playoffs now they're asking for it so if they're really casting a wide net you'd have to think some more on the horizon and we'll be with here to talk to you about all of them and get into them and kind of what their philosophies are so today you know one guy more of a running game philosophy another guy more of an explosive pass-heavy offense, which is, you know, something that sounds really, really nice with Justin Herbert. But make sure you guys are back here tomorrow for the latest news that comes out and also more on the Chargers' biggest decisions. You know, Keenan Allen, salary cap, a lot of things going on right now. To make sure you don't miss it, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcasts from. And you can also find the show every day on all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD. You can also find the show's page at LockedOnLAC or our Facebook page or Locked On Chargers Facebook page or at Locked On Chargers on Instagram. Thank you guys again for making us your first listen. If you need a second listen, make sure to check out the Locked On NFL podcast because they are bringing the local insights from all of the best teams around the NFL or all the teams. And they can get see the national spotlight and just keep up with everything. It's hard to get outside the Chargers bubble and keep up with everything going on around the league. But they have the best daily conversations and the best analysis that only the local experts can bring at Locked On NFL. But thank you guys for listening to today's show. Make sure you're back here tomorrow, as always, and for the rest of the offseason content coming up. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.